Welcome to today's episode of Practical Faith with Pastor Nick Cash. Practical Faith is all about providing real tools for integrating Christian faith into your everyday life. What I have to share with you today is equally applicable to all sin habits. So you know yours. So just substitute yours in for the one that I've chosen to describe, and I believe you'll find the similarities and takeaways for application in your own life. I've shared before that I once battled with a life-consuming addiction to lust and pornography. It's not a secret. And though I've lived in victory for many years now, the old allure to just take one quick look can still rise up in new attempts to sabotage my life again. I have an accountability group with whom I share those trying times, and they likewise with me. We confess our sins to one another. We pray for each other like it tells us to do in James chapter 5. We shine a light onto our temptations together so that they cannot grow in the darkness of secrecy and isolation. And we fight for each other in prayer. Recently, a member of our accountability group shared a moment of failure with the group. He felt alone. He felt weighed down with an inordinate amount of stress and overwhelmed by the temptation. Those aren't excuses for what happened, but they are powerful factors that contribute to it. His confession to the group the next day was one of exasperation. He felt exhausted from waging this multi-year war with the same old temptation. I've been there myself many times. You feel like you've tried everything to kick the habit, to drop the sin, to loose the binding and oppressive chains. You've tried every solution you can think of, every safeguard, every strategy to escape, and in the end, you plunge head over heels into a cascade of shame-filled, unenjoyable sin. You're left in this heap of remorse. You're full of self-doubt, full of self-disgust. You regretted the whole act from start to finish. What he shared with our group next was so poignant, and it cut straight to the heart of sin's despicable power. He said these words. He said, it's not even fun anymore. The sin has become so detestable that you even regret it horribly, even in the midst of doing it. Yet its allure and its possessive power has you in such a grip that you can't break free. I've personally said all those words and felt each of those statements he shared many, many times before. Well, as our group rallied around him with encouragement and prayer, I said this. I said, your confession hits me like a ton of bricks. I wish I had a bunch of answers for you. I wish I had a bunch of strategies and tips to help you escape the temptation, but I don't. Hopefully I have something even better, though. It's Romans chapters 7 and 8. See, Romans chapter 7 is Paul's great lament over sin's ability to ruin his every desire for good. Here are just a few of the key statements Paul makes. In verse 14, he says, I am enslaved to sin. Verse 15, I do not understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Verse 18, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is within my sinful flesh. I can will what is right, but I can't carry it out. Verse 19, he says, I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Verse 21, I find that when I want to do what is good, evil is lying close at hand. Verses 22 and 23, I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of God, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And then in verse 24, he cries out in desperation, O wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? See, my friend's lament that day sounded very much the same as Paul's in Romans chapter 7. It has to be at least somewhat encouraging to hear that Paul, the great missionary and evangelist, the man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament books, that he felt the same way that we do about the power of sin in his life. So where did Paul turn at the end of Romans 7? 
Well, the very last verse of that chapter, verse 25, he says, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he rolls straight on into Romans chapter 8, and it becomes Paul's great discourse on the liberating power of God. Verse 1, he says, God does not condemn those who are in Christ Jesus, but he has set you free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, he sent his own son to deal with sin. Verses 14 and 15, he adopted us to be his children. Verse 26, he gave the Spirit to help us in our weaknesses, and he intercedes on our behalf. Verse 28, that he is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Verse 30, that he's called us, he predestined us, he has justified us and glorified us in Christ Jesus. Verse 31, that he is for us. Verse 32, that he gave up his own son for all of us. And then verses 35 through 39, that he does not allow anything, anything to come between us and his great love for us. There comes an important moment in our battle with sin where, like Paul, we realize that there is nothing in our own willpower, our own toolbox that will ever give us ultimate victory. No strategy, no safeguard we've set up, no escape we've sought out to give ourselves. Nothing short of pure, humble, naked faith in our liberator Jesus alone. Nothing short of the miraculous rescue of God who hears our exasperated prayers. He sees our hopeless plight. He comes down himself to deliver us from our bodies of death. When all my strategies fail, when my willpower gives way for the millionth time, when the enslaving power of my pet sin kicks my meager solutions in the teeth, I'm left with nothing but bare, naked faith, unassisted trust in the Deliverer. By grace and through faith, we are His, and nothing can separate us from His love. He is working all of this failure of ours out into good somehow. He's just that amazing. He's just that strong of a Redeemer. We are His, adopted, joint heirs with Christ, filled with the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We are His, and He is for us. Who then can be against us? What could possibly come between us and Him? We are His. Practical Faith provides five minutes of fuel for following Jesus in your everyday life. To find more ideas and free resources like these, visit us online at liketreesplanted.com.